Welcome to Real Feels, Students and Inclusion Podcast. Today we have Victoria and Celso here to talk about religion versus spirituality and the gray area in between. They're going to discuss how they choose to live their lives and why. Here's their conversation. Right, today we're talking about religion and spirituality. And I come from a very, at least I like to think it's a unique position because I was raised in a very Christian conservative environment. I've spent my entire life until college in private Christian schooling. So I had a Bible class at least once a week, but usually like twice or more. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I was put through conversion therapy at my high school, but it was very much not the, you know, strap you to a table and shock you conversion therapy, but uh, read the Bible and pray, you know, mm-hmm. sort of thing. And. Yeah, I don't know. My religion with my religion, my relationship with religion has been a little tenuous over the last several years. So, yeah, that's where I'm approaching this topic from. Okay. How about you? Me, um, it wasn't really a choice. Um, my whole family was Buddhist, like both my mom and my dad's side. Um, more so my mom. She's like really, really religious. Mm-hmm. Um, I still go to buddhist temple like every sunday but only difference being like i kind of enjoy it now but i also look at it differently like when i was younger it was kind of like oh like i'm being forced to do this but now i i kind of enjoy learning about buddhism and yeah Mm -hmm. all right so what is buddhism buddhism to me is like kind of like you already have these things inside of you it's just buddhism is kind of a way to like bring it out and like kind of like be more in tune with yourself and it's everything we do is like non-violent like it's it's peaceful like hmm that's kind of hard the only When you say you have these things inside of you, yeah, like, what it's do you like mean? like these aspects of of yourself. Like um, I'm trying to think of what I just learned. I'm blanking. It's like right now I can only think of anger. Like you have anger inside of you, but like everyone has anger inside of them. But like if you know more about it and you know like how it is you can kind of manipulate it i want i don't want to say manipulate but like it's you can kind of like be more aware of it and like kind of when you're about to get angry you could be like oh okay i know i'm getting angry right now and it's kind of a way to kind of control it because anger is like one of the worst things like in buddhism like it's probably like my uncle always talks about it like he's the one that teaches me and he's like yeah he's gotten to a point where he can kind of well he says that he can see when someone is about to get angry so i think that's really interesting yeah that's an example of that's interesting because like the general view of anger in like christianity from mm-hmm. what i've seen is that there are definite times where anger is the appropriate response because mm-hmm. the way Christianity works, it's all about your relationship with God uh, through Jesus or in Catholicism through Jesus and I think Mary. I don't know. I don't 
I don't touch Catholicism. But, um, so, for example, God in the Bible is angry a lot of the time. Um, sometimes with, like, the Israelites, you read about Sodom and Gomorrah, things like that. So, what I've been told by my pastors in sermons um, is that anger is very justifiable. And you see this a lot with, like, politics, for example. If we move to, say, pro-life versus pro-choice, you see a lot of angry Christian protesters because they believe that murder is happening. They are justified in this anger, and they are justified to act on this anger, right? It's a moral okay. sort of righteousness. Okay. So That's interesting. Yeah. I think when people think of... Well, when Buddhists think of anger, it's like... Uh, like a like a warm sense like ho- a hot sensation and it's kind of like the bad part of you coming out I guess mm-hmm. and that's I think that's what my uncle means when he says he can see it coming out like it's like like I said before there's like parts of you that come out and I think that's their reasoning mm-hmm. but I totally agree that sometimes anger is appropriate especially as a psychology major <laughs> <laughs> How you know where he's gonna go? Um, I was gonna ask what kind of like the structure of Buddhism is, because you know in Christianity there's a pastor or a priest, and then mm-hmm. there's you know ushers and people who work in the church, and then there's the members of the church. So it's very much shepherd, lamb okay. sort of thing. Um, I don't know. I know, like there's um, Buddha. Like that, there's one main Buddha that kind of like put everything together, and but there's more than one Buddha. But it's not like what's the what's the word for like when there's a lot of gods? Polytheistic. Yeah, it's not that because Buddha isn't a god, right? So there's Buddha, and then there's. I think there's monks. I don't know. I don't think there's... I I think there's something in between there, but I don't know much about that. And then... But technically, monks can only be men. And women can kind of, like, do the same thing as that, but they're not considered monks. What I remember of my Bible training (laughs) that I have tried to forget over the last several years... um, Pastors can't be women, according to one of the letters that Paul wrote. Again, I don't know which one. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But it's a very similar principle. You have some new churches right now who let women be pastors and, like, spiritual leaders. But, like, in general and traditionally, it's just okay. men. Um, in the situations where, like, women can be pastors, do they do the same thing as men? Like, exactly the same? Um, well... So in my in the church that I go to, women are allowed to be spiritual leaders to other women in like their specific, mm-hmm. you know, groups. Um, but in terms of like being the pastor of the whole church, our church doesn't allow that. There are some churches that do. They would just take on the same okay. exact responsibilities as men. But my church is a bit more traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, my temple had a, a female like monk I guess mm-hmm. 
I don't know what to call them, nuns? I don't know. Spiritual like, leaders? Yeah. But they can be in charge of a temple. Like, there's temples where there's no, like, men, like, as monks. There's only women. But for more, um, like, serious things, more important things, like funerals and stuff like that, mm-hmm. people kind of look to the male monks to to do the ceremony and they don't like my mom she for my grandma's funeral she asked um a couple female monks but but the main (laughs) but the main like person was still a male monk so i think comparing it to like your church is it's a little bit more lenient but at the same time like if women become monks they have to do more like it's kind of like a cleansing mm-hmm. to become a monk and there's more that a woman has to do which is i don't i don't know much about it either but like it's interesting how i i know a little bit of it <laughs> so in america churches tend to be a place where the community like comes together and unifies mm-hmm. Um, and that can exclude people that aren't Christian, for example, in a community, um, such as Buddhists or Muslims. I forgot the word. <laughs> but um, uh, the church can be exclusive um, towards LGBT people, towards non-Christian people, almost by definition. How would Do you think that Buddhism, as a religion as a whole, and also as how you experience it, is potentially as divisive or like as non-inclusive I like to think that it's more inclusive but I think that's also me kind of hoping that it's more inclusive mm-hmm. um, it's kind of hard because like I kind of want to know about more of these topics but I don't know who to ask because if you ask the monks, there's that language barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I mean, I kind of, I don't know, it's a lot. I don't really want to get it. I can. <laughs> yeah, by all means. Um, like, I think, I think one of my friends, when she had the opportunity to ask a monk, she asked what... Um, Buddha believes about like people in the LGBT community and I think he he kind of dodged the question a little bit because he knows that we're young and like we're more accepting and he kind of said that life is right life right now is harder for people in the LGBT community but he says that that's because of karma like karma is really big because like they believe in karma from like your lives like reincarnation and stuff and he thinks that if you are gay or anything in LGBT, like mm-hmm. if you're gay then it's because in your previous life something wasn't like you didn't do something right okay <laughs> and it, you're carrying it on to this life but only because it's harder like if it was easier to be gay, then you did something good in your past life. So that's kind of like validating, you know, validating <laughs> how hard it is to be gay. Um, well, that's 
Interesting. So would you say, is that like a... Are there rules that you need to follow as a Buddhist? Or is it more like principles that you need to adhere to? Um, nothing that... I don't think there's anything that you 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 need to do. It's stuff, just things that you want to do. Like, you, I don't think Buddha, like his um, thinking was to force people to believe what he is saying. Like, I don't think that was ever his intention. Like, you don't have to follow him. So when you get your um, Buddhist name, there's this little ceremony where you have to repeat after the monk the five um, kind of like rules that you have to follow, mm -hmm. but kind of kind of like a baptism, I would say, yeah. And they're not anything really hard. It's like don't kill, don't steal, um, adultery. Ideally, not very difficult. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no drinking. Oof. Was that four? Yeah, I can't remember the fifth one. I should. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I would say that the structure of Christianity by far is quite different. So, everything, the first thing that Christian believes the first thing that Christians believe is that there is an absolute moral truth and we get that moral truth from the nature of God. Mm. Um, so for example, like in terms of the LGBT community, God created man and woman according to his image. We created man in his image and then women from the rib of Adam, but that's beside the point. A straight relationships between a man and a woman are how God defined marriage should be, right? So. In that sense, anything that's outside of that, any sexual relationships outside of marriage between a man and a woman are bad, are sinful, because they are outside the nature of God. Sin literally means miss the mark, um, which is why, you know, homosexuality isn't exactly accepted in the church mm -hmm. by far. But also beside the point, like, murder is against what God intended for humanity, lying, mm -hmm. adultery, all those sorts lying. of things. Lying. It was lying. It was lying. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> awesome. I love talking about lying. No, but um, so oh anything that's defined as a sin is just defined. That's like outside of God's image mm -hmm. for the world, outside of his nature. So there's very much a very clear set of rules we need to follow. But even aside from that, Christianity as a whole is more about your individual relationship to God, right? Through Jesus and like changing yourself as a person, your intentions on getting better, following the rules. If, if you sin and you mess up, so long as you're genuine and repent, mm. at least my denomination teaches that God will take you back. Like he'll forgive you and he'll keep, you know, being patient with you. But um, there's definitely a sense of right and wrong. Like, there is, there's some debate. Like, some Christians are like, are tattoos okay? Are piercings okay? Um, but on a whole, like, they're very much, mm -hmm. you know, they're things you should not do. So my church, actually, it was kind of a joke growing up because our youth pastor 
would constantly joke about, oh, some people just say they're spiritual and I just want to punch them in the face because that's not a thing. Like, spiritual is just lazy religion. It's just, I want to say there's something more out there, but I don't want to pursue it. I don't want to, like, define it. I don't want to commit to a relationship. It's like friends with benefits with a religion, that sort of thing. And That's interesting because, like, it's pastor is kind of like the extreme... So, yeah. There's a space, there is a place for being spiritual, but it's saying that you're spiritual, you believe in something out there, something amorphous. It's kind of, at least in my church's view, was very, it's non-committal. It's, I don't know how to describe it. What's, in your opinion, what's the difference between being religious and spiritual? Well... Fun fact, my church also was against being solely religious. Because they're like, it's it's difficult. There's a fine line in between being solely religious and, for example, following all the traditions, going and getting baptized, going to a confessional, or uh, going to church every Sunday and listening to pastor talk and reading your Bible and just not taking it in and not applying it to yourself and not having this so-called well, the spiritual relationship with God. right? But there's also... that's. Just being that traditionalist, following religion for the traditions, that's one side of things. Like, that's the far end. The other far end is, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to follow these traditions. I don't need to do these things because it's just how I feel and, like, how I feel mm-hmm. in terms of God and, like, basing it just off of nothing. Like, that's the other extreme. My church taught that you need to be somewhere in the middle. You need to follow those traditions. You need to go to church. You need to be with your community. You need to get baptized. Um, But that should be because of your internal desire to be closer to God. It should be because of your desire for a spiritual connection. Like, these things have to come from a genuine place of good intent. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, what's the point? Otherwise, you're just being a, a Pharisee. Yeah. Yeah, there's people like that in... Buddhism too like they kind of just go through the motions because it's kind of like tradition but in the sense of like their family tradition to go to to temple on New Year's or Chinese New Year's and things like that Um, it's always hilarious when every Christmas for the Christmas sermon there's suddenly you know (laughs) 200 more people going to church than normal you know, makes parking a hassle. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly what happens during Chinese New Year's. Yeah, everyone is at temple. <laughs> are are you religious? Are you spiritual? Um, it's kind of hard because I don't. Sometimes I don't even see Buddhism as a as a religion. Mm-hmm. Um, because. If you think of Buddha as just a person that kind of just realized everything like a like a philosopher, mm-hmm. then it's not a religion at all. So I wouldn't say that I'm religious because there's Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm religious because there's, like, there's different ways to look at Buddhism. Like, my mom looks at Buddhism as, like, a religion. Mm-hmm. But I think she always, always also looks at 
Buddha as like a god and Buddha is not a god. Like it's in the religion that Buddha is not a god. So, hmm. yeah. I catch myself. I catch my mom sometimes. Yeah, with that. <laughs> no, 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 mama. He is not a god. <laughs> yeah. Are you religious or? <laughs> That's a tough answer. Because, um, like, throughout my... I think people raised in Christian schooling and private schooling would understand this, but you just kind of go from phases of being, like, super into Jesus, like, top-notch, super Christian, I love God, to just, I don't care, I'm going to go and do whatever I want. I mean, Jesus is, like, he's in heaven, so he's, like, a little far away, like, it doesn't really matter. Um, And you just kind of, like, vacillate between these two ideas. Mm -hmm. For me personally... In 11th grade, I was borderline atheist, and then in 12th grade, I came came back to Christ, as we call it, as the prodigal, there we go, prodigal son, prodigal son, (laughs) Um, and, like, I really believed in Christianity, I really believed in God and Jesus, but I saw it less as a relationship and more as, like, you know, this is the way of the world. If I want to go to heaven, if I want to be a good person, I have to follow these rules. That's like the law. That's how mm-hmm. the world works. So one of those rules is that you can't, you know, fall in love with, if you're a man, you can't fall in love with another man. And so a large part of my Christianity was just praying and reading the Bible, to praying God would turn me into like at least bisexual, like kind of straight, like... Mm. I think towards the beginning, I was like, God, I pray for healing for me so I can, you know, marry a woman and, like, be this person I want to be. And towards the end, I was kind of like, look, I don't need every woman. I just need one. Just give me one. (laughs) And um, it didn't work, obviously. So after that, I kind of, I ditched religion. And now, over the last several years, I've been trying to see if there's a way for me to get back into mm-hmm. the mindset of Christianity. Because, like, I believe that the majority, the vast majority of Christian people are good people. Like, if you believe that you shouldn't murder and you shouldn't lie, yeah. and, like, that's fundamental to who you are as a person, it's naturally, you're naturally yeah. going to be a, a decent person. Um, so, uh, right now, I'm more agnostic, but if I go back into Christianity, which is a really weird thing to say. It's like if I go, if I go back into my emo phase. No, if I go, if I try to pursue Christianity again, I'm gonna definitely focus more on the spiritualistic side of like, you okay. know, relationship between myself and God, with the rules there, but like, focusing more on my understanding of God. Were there any kind of like life events that kind of caused you to be religious and then? not (laughs) so i started feeling very guilty because that's another thing the church and also private schooling will do to you um about the whole gay thing and i told my mom one day that i was gay and it didn't go well um and so after that moment i'm like look one last hurrah i'm gonna go go full force into this whole christian thing i'm gonna pray every night i'm gonna read the bible and i'm gonna like hope that things change and like maybe it'll work for me Mm -hmm. and 
I went like extreme Christian conservative, like all my political opinions as well were just like super far right. Um, like complete free market and all that. But that's only just because I was like really going into this whole Christian thing, trying to find a relationship with God that would let me live a life that I was pleased with. Like that specific moment when I came out to my mom, it also happened to be on New Year's. Not because I meant it like that. I think I'm just naturally dramatic. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. And then it didn't work. And then I kind of just, it was like, kind of gradually proceeded to a less. It kind of seems like, I don't want to say like the more gay you are, but like, <laughs> it seems like the more that you try to like suppress it, the more religious you are and the more, the more gay you are, the less religious you are. Literally. So it's kind of like a, they're kind of like chasing each other. Well, it, it literally came from, I think, quote unquote, the gay side of me doesn't mind being religious, but the religious side of me very much minds oh. being gay. Oh, okay. Um, Word. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it, if it seems like that, it's because it is like that. Like, there wasn't room to be both. Now things might change, but back then, from how I understood Christianity, no. So... Oh my god, I'm sorry. I just had a you know Lord of the Rings where there's this one scene <laughs> where he's like, tell me, Legolas, what do your elf eyes see? How about, okay, what do your Buddhist eyes see in terms of this country <laughs> and, like, morality? <laughs> like, if your concept of karma, like, where do you think we are as a country? You know, are we... I think the majority of people in our country would say we're not accumulating good karma. But, um, where do you think we are morally, like, each person individually? Do you have, like, a broad sense? Um, I don't think there's a way to think of karma broadly. I think it's pretty individualized. Mm -hmm. Because karma and reincarnation is basically like your path to becoming like Buddha, like everyone can be Buddha or a Buddha. So you reincarnate to like kind of better yourself. So I don't know about us as a whole, mm. because again, not everyone has to become a Buddha, like that's not, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, my pastor has the same joke he says every Sunday. And he's just like, you know, come to the altar, convert to Christianity with the way our country's going right now. You don't have much time left anyway. So you might as well just convert now and get it over with. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the, I think broadly the Christian viewpoint of the country is that it's going downhill. Like, even if you look outside of specific policy changes like po outside of politics the amount of lying and deception that we have going on in like the mainstream mm -hmm. media and also the presidency um going to trump to obama and then to bush just everyone i think the broad christian consensus is just like we've been steadily declining for the last several years and yeah I, but i think that's also another part of the difference between buddhism and christianity is that like Christians have very defined rules, yeah. like a moral truth, like, and yeah. that's 
the same across societies and across cultures. Like something's wrong or it's right. And I think Buddhism can be a bit more, maybe not more lenient, but more fluid. Fluid. Blurred. Blurred. There we go. I guess I don't know. Yeah. If you look at with the crime, like the amount of crime that we have now, and like violence and and stuff and things like that and not looking at politics I think Buddhists would think that the country is declining too but I don't I don't think I have I don't think I can give um I don't think I can say anything about um politics though I don't think I have enough knowledge I, I remember I was volunteering at church two and a half years ago, some two years ago, let's say, and I walked into the volunteers lounge and my old drama teacher was in there because I went to, my church is also the same building as the high school, oh, okay. which put me through all that stuff. Some of the pastors are teachers there. Um, and... <laughs> I'm just in there, we're talking about politics and how awful the 2016 election was, and she says to me, you know, I'm just so grateful that President Trump has a godly man like Mike Pence in his office as vice president. And I'm sitting there like, amen, God bless. <laughs> I, I love Pence. I am so excited oh, for no. this presidency. <laughs> um, there's, yeah, there's definitely... If you ask a Christian to talk about politics, generally speaking, it'll be on mm-hmm. the, the right, you know. Yeah. Less traditional. The way I would look at it is that um, with cause and effect, like, there was something that caused this presidency and this, mm-hmm. the way things are now. Like, it didn't just appear out of nowhere. Like, there has had to have been some, something that caused it or, like... I don't want to say something people collectively did wrong because like that's not <laughs> yeah works. yeah but there has there there has to be a cause for something to happen it's actually interesting that you mention um so karma specifically mm-hmm. like if you do bad in a past life or if you do bad in general things will for you individually mm-hmm. will go downhill like things will worsen uh maybe not in this life but in the next or in this life. <laughs> and in this life? Yeah, it could be this life, too. Word. In Christianity, the Bible specifically teaches the opposite of that. So it's like, good people will suffer. If you are a Christian, you will suffer. You will go through a mm-hmm. lot of pain and tribulation. Specifically the story of Lot, where um, God was like, look at my godly servant. He's so amazing. I love him. He's the best. And then Satan was like, but what if you just like made him suffer? Like He would, he would totally betray you. And God's like, nah, <laughs> no. So, you know, Lot went through a lot of trials and tribulation. Like, his whole family died. Um, everything he owned burned down. His skin broke out in boils and things like that. Oh. And um, the joke was that he's such a godly man. And at the end, with a little bit of a few hiccups, he, you know, goes back, like, talks to God and, like, sorts his life through mm-hmm. and all that. The, the Bible specifically teaches that just because you're good doesn't mean you'll, like, 
be successful and you'll have a lot of good things happen to you. Which is why, by the way, uh, the tele-evangelists that are just like, just donate in the name of the Lord and then plant a seed and then God will reward you. It's all That's crap. interesting. Well, what's the kind of thinking behind that? I'm trying to The thinking understand. is, well, so Christians view their time on earth as like passing through. Like, they're like, we're here for, like, a, a hot second, and then we go to eternity. Like, we die, we go either to heaven or to hell. Um, the more good you do here, the more spiritually active you are here, the more people you try to help, and, like, the more genuine you are in your actions mm-hmm. here, the better your reward in heaven will be. The way my pastor describes it is, like, some Christians who, you know, go to Africa and dedicate their lives to helping people who have nothing. They'll have massive crowns in heaven with, like, a lot of jewels. And then us here in America sitting on our butts going to church every Sunday will get, like, you know, like, a little band in heaven. Like a tiny house. So it's literally just you're not living for this earth. You're not living for your life here. You're living for heaven. You're following these rules and trying okay. to get close to God. Be, you'll end up in heaven. And, like, your reward will be proportional to how good you are here. Okay. Why Why do people want to get closer to God? Well, some reasons are like, some people just don't want to go to hell. The fear of hell can motivate a lot of people. Oh, okay. But that's usually not sustainable. I think Christians realize that we're fundamentally empty, and we're fundamentally broken, and we're always needing something. And Christians say the answer to that, like what we're needing, like the thing that will bring us true happiness is is God. A relationship with him is the only way to be whole as a human being. Um, And I know a lot of Christians who believe that and they say they're happier now as Christians or they feel more fulfilled now as Christians than they did as atheists. It's religion as a whole, I think, gives people Guidance that they're a part of something bigger, something that yeah. humans need, almost, <laughs> depending on who you ask. Um, and so that's kind of like the gateway into Christianity. It's the gateway drug to Christianity. It's like that emptiness that makes you want to be a part of something bigger. And then you get into it, and then you realize there's a, an absolute moral truth, and the, you need to do good things, you'll go to heaven or to hell. Like that comes sort of after, it's like an afterthought. Oh, okay. So, like, initially, they're not thinking about God. Okay. When, when street... No, no, that was previous. When people are on the street and trying to tell... Like, they evangelize. They tend to be, like, this sadness that you have as a person, this fundamental void in your soul that there's something you're missing. God is the answer. And that's kind of, like, the hook. And that's why people start going to church and believing and then you find out more about what the bible says and like all these rules like not every uh not every vegan soccer mom with a church with a cross uh necklace has started out like that you know but um yeah take that out that was horrible (laughs) that was a bad analogy wait so you have to be like christian to get closer to god is what you're saying oh yeah Oh, okay. 
getting the, it kind of made. It kind of tied everything together. <laughs> That's why I was. You, you need to be like. Okay. The, the only. <laughs> I remember in Bible class. Uh, no, no, it was political science class, which shows, goes to show I confused it with Bible class for a reason. Um, <laughs> he, our teacher specifically mentioned Oprah and like, there's, there's so many ways to get close to God and to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And he is like, that's a lie. The only way is through Jesus, through this specific method. If you don't do this specific thing, like accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior in your heart genuinely, then you will go to hell. Like it's, there's one path to heaven and it's through Christianity, which is why you see a lot of Christians like the Westboro Baptist Church, for example, a lot of Christians who are very much, excuse me, sorry. That's why you see a lot of Christians who are very much extremists on either politically or religiously and why you see such anti-Muslim rhetoric as well. Wait, I was going to say something. I forgot what it was. <laughs> Wait, what did you say about... Um, oh, that you have to be um, Christian Christian to like get closer to God. Mm-hmm. I think the difference in Buddhism is that you don't have to be Buddhist or like go to, go to temple every week or... To, to become a Buddha. I think there's non-Buddhist Buddhas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's there's no God to get closer to. It's just yeah, more about... It's just about bettering you. And that's what I meant from the beginning. I was like, there's parts of you that you have to kind of acknowledge and be aware of. That's what I meant. Yeah, it definitely does seem more like a philosophy. And I can see where... There was probably a lot of confusion on your end, and because there was, you just saying that it's just a completely different worldview yeah. from how I'm used to it. I think that was a productive talk. Like coming in, I kind of didn't understand. I think I was kind of like ignorant, like because I didn't kind of know everything. But now coming out of it, I I kind of see like the thinking behind Christians. Definitely the same way towards Buddhism. Like, there is tiny Christian Celso in the back of my head going, what do you mean she doesn't have a god? <laughs> um, but, no, yeah, thank you for sitting down and having this talk with me. Yeah, thank you.